This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Real Wealth, and it's our pleasure, as always, to have in the hot seat Glenn Trillo from the Stewart Group in Hastings. How are you going, Glenn? Uh, yeah, good, thanks, Ken. Yourself? Good. Now, you're also, not only are you on the radio, Glenn, but you're also now a star of YouTube. you just got to say good day to everyone out there. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> say thank <laughs> Thanks for that. That's all right. Now, today we're going to talk about busy investing is yeah. not smart investing. But before we get there, just to remind our listeners, Glenn, what is the Stewart Group all about? Yeah, so Stewart Group, we are a goals-based uh, financial planning firm, company. Mm-hmm. Um, so we look after wealth management, uh, retirement savings, or planning. Yeah. Um, we also do risk insurance as well. And what would it come and see you rather than go and see the guy at the bank who knows a bit about investing or um, an insurance agent somewhere else? Yeah, sure. So very much about goals-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so many other um, financial advisory firms, including banks, is not about, as an investor, what it is that you want to achieve for those funds. It's simply about getting your return on those funds and... Um, Whatever your goals were, it doesn't really come into the equation. So we like to formulate a plan, formulate a investment approach that would actually suit your goals and objectives going forward um, and personalised service. Um, you know, we are local. Yes. We're local here in the Hawke's Bay. We're based in Caramoo Road in Hastings. Um, and we have longevity. We've been doing this for mm-hmm. over 30 years now. And you're specialists in your field? Yeah, we are, absolutely. And you're on Caramoo Road in Hastings? Yes, yeah, 204 Caramu Road. What's your phone number if you want to make an appointment? Sure, it's 068788961. Now, an interesting title, Busy Investing is Not Smart Investing. What does that mean to the, uh, to the layman who's thinking, what does that mean? Yeah, I, I get, um, there's a lot of noise in the media, mm-hmm. um, and also people from my industry, that to be successful in, invest, in investing then you need to be busy. And what I mean by that is you should be trading. So you should be doing all this market research um, and regularly trading, buying and selling stocks or shares, looking at the next big thing in the share market, um, chasing last year's winner. Um, And if you're not trading and if you're not busy, then you won't be successful. Yeah, and that's not the case. That's not the case. I... I've seen a a whole host of study in this area, and the last one, this was at the end of last year, um, is what we call active management, okay, so active trading. Those who take an active management approach, over 70% of those fund managers, and these are the experts, by the Mm -hmm. way, who hold themselves up as experts, just over 70% of them actually underperformed the market index. And this is we're seeing this quite common. Um, the individual investor, the DIYer, if they try to do an active approach um, or a busy investment strategy, well, one, 
they're, they're doing it in such a way that they believe that they know more than what a fund manager would mm-hmm. knows. Um, also, they almost always underperform the index as well because mm-hmm. trying to pick and time the market is just nigh on impossible. I suppose a good investment of that is the, the recent uh, foray into Bitcoin. I mean, people oh, have got God. those computers going and they're, yeah. they're making buying decisions more or less in a second, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And um, Bitcoin's an interesting one because um, if I'm not sure if you have seen um, the history of Bitcoin, mm. and, and even over the last 18 months. Um, last year, beginning of 2017, I think it was about $1,000 US mm-hmm. for Bitcoin. It went up the end of 2017 to, off the cuff, 18,000, 19,000 yep. US, and then plummeted again early 2018. Um, so some people made a lot of money, sure. sure. If you can time, and this is coming back to being a busy investor, it's all about trying to pick and time the market, buy low, yes, sell high, repeat the process. But you actually repeat the process until you're broke. Yeah, and that is a good sign of busy investing, isn't it? Because, uh, like I say, um, you can actually program your computer to be busy investing on your behalf while you're asleep. Absolutely. And if you look at um, a lot of um, like magazines, um, financial magazines, um, if you go online, there's uh, full of adverts about mm. programs you can um, buy into. And you can do stock trading on your computer. They will give you helps um, and tips. Um, these other things where they will send regular updates to your phone, to your um, cell phone, the latest picks um, and stocks that you should be buying and what you should be selling. And the other thing is not only do you underperform the index mm. often, it costs money. So all this research that you're having to buy, these programs that you're having to buy in, doesn't come free of charge. I mean, it's being offered to you because people are wanting to make money from you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I look at, at an active fund manager, so this is a professional fund manager, but they take an active approach. So they believe that they can pick and they can time the market. Okay. Um, now, they, they, there's some very smart cookies in these active fund managers, and they will buy the research in, and manage your portfolio in a very active way. The difference, though, that even though they incur those costs, they can just pass it on to the end user, mm. being the investor. Mm-hmm. As a DIYer, if you did your own research and you were busy, you don't have anywhere to pass that cost on to. It, no. it lays with you. Yeah. Mm. I wonder if you wind the clock back, mm. uh, you know, and you see movies like The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And then you go even further back where we didn't have any technology. Someone was standing there with a bit of ticker tape. Was investing uh, wiser back then because you actually couldn't just turn your computer screen on, type on a board, make a sale, sell something, buy something? Was it better back then or not? Were the same pitfalls? I guess the argument there is that perhaps um, insert some checks and balances mm. into your approach because um, it does slow down the whole process, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, um, no, I don't think it was. Um, I think it's easier today to make a quite a glaring mistake more quickly and not as obviously. Mm. Um, but if you've got a really well-diversified, well-thought-out investment approach, not at all. Right. Uh, today is a much better way of trading. Because I suppose in the old days, you couldn't really DIY, could you? You sort of had to go through a broker, didn't you? You did. Yeah. You did. So you yeah. could almost blame him if things turned to custard, but not that it would make any difference to get your money back. But Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you saying? DIY is a good thing or a bad thing? 
I think there are always some investors who love, you know, pouring over mm. um, data. Yeah. Okay. They love the idea of doing all their own homework. This is their passion. They got time on this um, on their hands, and I I won't change that. Um, no. In my industry, and for some people, that's fine. They'll always be that way. But for most people, no is not the right approach. And in fact, it's unusual. It's quite unusual in my industry that in life, the more research you put into something, the more due diligence that you do, and the like. So you would have thought doing a lot of research into stocks doing your due diligence into each stock and picking your stock and looking at the um, baseline numbers would pay dividends to you. You wouldn't say. Um, and, and it's true in most of um, other facets of our lives. And yet in investing, the opposite is actually true. Um, all that does is usually cost you time. Most people don't have the expertise for it. And by trying and picking time the market, they'll underperform the index. So the other thing people ask me is, well, what is an index? What does that actually mean? And really, if you look at, um, I'll take the largest stock market or share market in the world, the US share market, mm-hmm. it makes up 52, 53% of the world share market. You can't track accurately all those stocks on a daily basis. It's just too big. So an indice is created, and um, there's the Dow Jones, there's the uh, S&P 500. In the UK, it's called the FTSE 100 mm. is a popular one. So it's um, it's a representation of the market is what an indice is. Yeah. Okay, So it's a selection of stocks, and it represents either the whole of the market or a particular portion of um, the type that you're investing into. So it's a good barometer that you can use to see how your investment portfolio compares to the market that you're investing in. So when I say a lot of um, DIYers or um, busy investors underperform the index, Mm -hmm. that's what we mean by that. And of course, you're big in diversification though, aren't you? Absolutely, Yeah. yeah. But I wonder, busy investing is not smart investing. And you mentioned a bit earlier that, you know, we can have our phones programmed to receive information. We can get constant updates on a computer, always being bombarded, I would guess, with this is the next best great deal. Yep. How do you filter out the good stuff from the bad stuff in that case? Yeah, and that's not, that's not easy, rather. Mm. Um, that can be difficult. And um, first of all, I think you need a professional management approach, mm. most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so to seek out a really, you know, a good reputable advisor who uses, um, you know, well-known fund managers. So you need to decide what your investment approach is. So as I mentioned before, the, you'll always have some people who enjoys the art of stock picking and pouring over, but most people don't have the time for that. So do your homework, speak to advisors, settle on, ask what a, what is, ask the advisor what is their investment approach, what is their philosophy, what do they believe in, why do they invest in what they do. The fund managers um, that they use, why do they use those fund managers? What is it about those fund managers that makes it preferable to other fund managers? So an advisor should have an investment philosophy mm-hmm. and, and an approach. It should be easily um, you know, given to you or explained to you um, and should be able to explain the fund managers they use and the reason why. If I came along to you and I said, look, I'm a busy investor, but I want to become a smart investor, mm-hmm. what, what advice would be given to me? Would you be saying, well, look, Probably can 
let me take care of it for you. Is that what you might say to me? Yeah, very much so. I mean, what we do with clients is, so we do find out what are their goals and objectives because that's important. Um, It's not uncommon for us to set up more than one investment portfolio for a client. Mm -hmm. And we do that because... A client may have a liquidity event or a large spend coming up in the next two or three years and yet have much longer-term goals. And so for a large spend in the next two or three years, you probably don't want to be putting um, highly weighted towards shares because shares are volatile. Mm. And shares should have a minimum of about a seven-year time frame for investment. So it's really important to find out what your goals and objectives are what your risk profile is like. Are you a bit of a go-getter when it comes to investing or are you quite a conservative type of investor? And build a plan around you as a person and what your goals are. Okay, And also, most people, and even busy investors will share with me, actually, Glenn, I've, this is hard work. I've, I've yes. spent too much time <laughs> looking at all this um, information. I don't really un- understand it. And I just want to take it off my hands. And I've, I've taken on a person very recently in the last fortnight, exactly that, busy investor, DIYer, mm. and was honest enough to say to me, you know, after a decade of busy investing, I don't know, I've outperformed the market. My KiwiSaver yeah. actually outperformed what I did. That's interesting because other busy investors, are they the guys looking to make Quick buck, for want of a better word. Yeah, they um, often they are, yeah. and they often they forget that if you're going to invest in the share market, it's not a quick buck type game. You shouldn't be putting money into shares in the hope that you can turn it around and make some money in a very short space of time. Yeah. You know, six months, twelve months, eighteen months is just too short. It should be a long term investment. Corrections in the share market happen quite often. Um, okay, so there's been quite a bit of noise. Or um, There's three things that have happened this year of note. Um, we've had concerns in the US that interest rates were going to go up, and we've, so we saw a fall in the US market. Then we had tariffs between China and America, mm-hmm. and we've had that again recently, yes. and that's coming up in July, I think, mm. if, China, if America goes ahead with it. Yep. China's going to follow suit as well. Um, and then we had the some bombing campaign in Syria, very limited. So that has made the market share market a little bit fickle this year. But it's all just taken in a stride. And, and I've, I've heard some people, DIY as an active manager, saying, look, this is the time to get out of things and this is the time to get back into things. But trying to pick and time that. Yeah. And in fact, if you just left your money in there, it's that, that little blip we've seen this year, we've, it's recovered anyway. Um, so corrections are nothing new. No. Mm. I guess which raises the question, why would you want to be involved as a DIY when what you're saying is that if you're buying shares, you really should leave them there for seven years. And um, I suppose KiwiSaver is a, a much better return than putting your money in the bank. So if I said to you, okay, well, what are, give me three smart investments off the top of your head mm-hmm. that not necessarily overnight will you know, see me get a better return than 
the 3% in the bank or the 2% in the bank, mm. what would you be suggesting to me? I mean, we, we primarily, as Stereo Group, will invest clients' funds into fixed interest, mm-hmm. um, also called bonds. Yeah. Um, that's essentially, an I, for use of a better term, is an IOU. You become the bank, if you will, and um, as an investor, you will lend money to corporations globally and also governments. So Are they guaranteed, those bonds? You hear about guaranteed bonds. Yeah, you, you do hear of guaranteed bonds. Uh, they're not. Um, bonds are credit ratio, though, so from AAA down to what we call a junk bond. Mm. Which is a good rate of return, but there's a feeling of, you know, good luck of getting your money back. No such thing as a free lunch. Yeah, yeah no such <laughs> thing as a free lunch. Um, so the risk with a bond is if the company that has issued you the bond falls over, you can lose your money. You're mm-hmm. an unsecured creditor. With that said, um, we as Stroke we will only invest in highly rated bonds. Okay, which has been independently assessed by a credit rating agency, and we diversify. So you would expect as a client to invest your funds in over 400 bond issuers mm. globally across 40-odd countries. The next thing is um, shares, equities, shares, stocks, call it what you will. Uh, it's all the same thing. Um, so you invest funds into the share market, um, and, you know, uh, a well-diversified share portfolio um, should be globally invested. Um, I know in our share portfolios we have over 5,000 securities wow. there, um, once again in 40-odd countries, mm-hmm. um, and also ensure that you're not overweighted to Australasia, New Zealand and Australia. And that's a mistake that I see a lot of people make. We know who the warehouse group is. Mm. We know who Fisher and Pikele are, the household names. Trusted brands. Trusted brands. And it gives us comfort. Yes. Um, but the Australian New Zealand share market makes up just over 2% of the world share market. Mm. And I commonly see people with 40 or 50% weighting towards Australasia. Mm. There's a whole world of opportunity yeah. out there. Dead right. And the other one is property. And probably not property as what many of our listeners would view as property like residential investments because mm. they can be slow and expensive to sell. Um, I'm mindful um, at the moment the property market is very strong. Um, but I'm sort of talking about commercial property investments globally as well. Um, you know, think Westfields, for example, in Australia. You know, your commercial type property investments is another good avenue sure. to look at. I wonder when you talk about commercial property, just for a bit of a good example, that with the trend now for sitting at home and buying your product on your computer mm-hmm. instead of going to a mall, and for instance, I think there's, you know, there's good examples right throughout the whole world where there are huge malls that are empty. Yep. And I've got a friend who says, ah, look, get into commercial. It's almost guaranteed. That's <laughs> like one of those things, busy investing. Yeah. Is that something that you need to take into account? I mean, you know, if we wind the clock back 20 years, there's no way we would have thought a mall mm. would be empty. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, um, it's disruption, isn't it? Mm. And we're seeing it in so many uh, facets and um, occupation types. Um, it's, it's just disruption. Uh, and you're right. Um, I mean, I, I buy, regularly buy things online. Yes. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. And... Yeah, and I've been into a retail shop to ask advice and perhaps have bought it online as well. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. But I do also try and support um, the local retailers mm. because without them, what becomes of our CBDs? Sure. Um, so it, it is a concern. Um, but you, I think also if you have a particular type of retail store that um, becomes a bit of a dinosaur, 
um, and closes, you'll often find that it will then be replaced by something else. Mm. Okay. Um, I still think the retail sector um, ha- has a future. Sure. Um, but there's also factories and the like which are sitting empty as well. Yep. So how do you protect yourself? Diversification. That's right. Mm. And um, we spoke earlier about uh, investing, obviously, in property. But in in rental property, I mean, that used to be the, the golden handshake when you retired. You've got a yep. rental property. You're going to sell it off. You've got a whole bunch of money coming in. But mm. now the government's looking at um, capital gains tax of probably at least 10%. Is that going to knock property investment? Uh, is that going to be another blow to investors in real estate? Uh, I, I think it will be. Um, and I think there's more to come, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got capital gains tax. And on a personal note, I mm-hmm. think it's almost a given. Yeah. Um, we're one of the, I think, two OECD countries that doesn't have a capital gains tax. Um, the other thing, the bright line test has been increased to five years. Yep. Um, and this tax working group, um, headed up by Dr. Michael Cullen, more will come out of that. So expect to see as a property investor, mm. um, this current government's aim is to try and curb um, the increase in values of property because they've gone up sure, they've um, gone crazy, you know, they? a stu- stupid amount really um, and it's locking a lot of people out of being a- able to buy a property. So um, for a long-term investment, would you mm-hmm. be recommending perhaps greater weighting to the share market as part of your portfolio and not so much in bricks and mortar or yep. yep. I I I don't subscribe to the view that um, rental property investment it should be a no go. Mm. Okay. Um, I I've worked with and I've been a landlord myself in the past as well. I've owned some good property, great tenants and seen seen capital gain. Okay, what, where I think the mistake that people make is they tie up all their money mm. in property. So those in property investors who have a um, in a property portfolio look towards diversifying. Um, now is a good time to sell. The property prices are high, so realizing some of those gains in assets and putting it into a more diversified portfolio, and you can still retain some of your property. I'm not saying to quit all of it. But diversify. Don't put it all into property. A great point that you raise there. Now is a good time to sell because property prices are probably at a premium now, aren't they? But I wonder, maybe you're talking about someone who's got property as an investment and a mm. good time to sell before this government you know, gets their claws on your capital gains. Mm. What about um, mum and dad who all they've got is a house that might be worth, say, $800,000. They think, ooh, what I might do now is downsize, mm-hmm. you know, put 300 in the bank or invest it somewhere else. Is that a good idea at, uh, for Joe Blow? Sure. At some stage, most people will downsize the family home. Um, you know, the children have left. Um, so you have uh, mum and dad living in um, a much larger property than what they need. And then the other thing that happens is ongoing maintenance. Mm. Good time right now, though? A good time right now, sure, because of property prices. Although, keeping in mind, you're also buying in the same market as well. So, you know, the argument is even if you left it, whatever you're going to go on and buy will reduce in price as well Mm. if you see a correction in the property market. Um, But at some stage, you're going to downsize. So what I will say to people is, you be, you are the one that's wanting to make that decision, not other people make the decision for you. Yes. So don't leave it so late that either through frailty or ill health that you're having to sell quickly. You you want to be doing it on your own terms. Yeah. Two minutes to go, Glenn. Just okay. uh, recap. Busy investing is not smart investing. What should we do if we want to change that? 
scenario? Sure. I think decide on a investment approach. Um, go to speak, seek advice from a financial advisor, you know, such as ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and allow them to manage your portfolio for you. Um, and move away from the view that you should be buying and selling stock all the time. It's expensive. There's brokerage costs mm. involved. Okay. Um, so taking more of a buy and hold, not exclusively, because there needs to be some buying and selling going on. But remember, it is for the long term. And you've got better things to do with your life than trying to pour over all this information. Dead right. Mm. Just remind our listeners, Glenn, we want to come and see you at the Stewart Group. Where are you? Sure. So we're at 204 Caramel Road in Hastings. And your phone number there is? 0687889961. As always, our pleasure to talk with you. Look after self. Talk to the same time, same place next time. Thanks, Ken. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 961. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project.